So I want to thank everybody for joining me for the Mauer Report. I, I'm looking forward to it, but first, got to remind everybody, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors or affiliate affiliates or anybody else. My guest my guest is, I'm so excited, is um, is it ambassador or former ambassador? Does ambassador stay with you or does it become former ambassador? Um, I, I, it's your choice. It's your choice. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy to be Arthur. Yeah, but- well, Arthur like joins us again. How how have you been? I mean, it's been a it's been a minute since we've talked. So how have you been for the big picture? And then we'll start breaking it down. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm great. I'm great. I just got back from the beach. I'm now sitting out on my veranda, looking out towards the Mediterranean Sea. Well, uh, I got nothing to complain about. <laughs> Sounds much better than sitting here looking at the. Well, it's a nice hill in Western Pennsylvania, but you know, nevertheless, it's not quite a the beach or the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> well, hope, 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 hopefully, you can come visit before too long. So, you kind of mentioned the. Uh, we were just talking a brief minute about Corona. How is that impacting you directly? I mean, how does it look over there? Um, well, well, it's interesting that Israel started off in, in, in March and April uh, really well. We did uh, a tight close down. Um, everybody listened and followed, and the government was, uh, was, was quick off the bat. And that got us to, like, the end of April, and we were, and, 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 and uh, our politicians were bragging that leaders were calling them for all over the world, and we, they were world beaters. And at the end of April, beginning of May, Israel reopened, but did it too fast. It opened schools, uh, people went to bars. In fact, uh, Prime Minister even infamously said on TV, go out, have a good time, have a beer. You know, Meaning, it's over, right? But obviously we all know it wasn't over. And uh, Israel's numbers in what's you know, known here as the second wave, uh, shut up in May and in June. And uh, our hospitals are fine. Our, uh, our fatalities are, are, are low. Our population is, is, is much younger um, than in other places. And, uh, but, uh, but our numbers are high. And, uh, and uh, I think that uh, the prime minister isn't bragging about leaders from all over the world calling him, uh, asking for... Uh, Advice like, as if we're New Zealand or uh, or Norway. Yeah, it is interesting to watch and see how it transpires. I mean, we're getting ready to go back to school here, and there's a lot of um, angst. I guess is the good word to put it on it as we're trying to figure out how to deal with that. I mean, so I guess we'll just see how it goes. I mean, there's no right answer at this point. No, well, the truth is, 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 it seems like there's almost only wrong answers, other than, you know, the real basics of, uh, of socially distance and wear masks and, uh, and be smart. And it's, you know, it's not fake. It's not just uh, the flu. It's serious. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, some I assume some smart scientists are gonna, you know, come up with a treatment or a vaccine, and uh, we're gonna get past it. I think we're getting closer to that. Do you have any, have you heard, I mean, I know the uh, Israel over there is known for their pharmaceutical companies. Have you heard that they're getting close? I mean, I guess, I guess the Russians have one they're testing, but it doesn't seem to be going so hot from what I'm reading. Well, I, I, I think I think that that was just a, uh, almost like a political contest that Putin wanted to be able to say, we did it before the Americans were able to do it. And it was obvious, though. That it was fake, in that they did it by testing it on like a hundred people. But you can't test it on like a hundred people. You have to test it on a hundred thousand people. And there's a history of how vaccines are developed. And the Russians like did steps one and two out of ten. And and, and you know what? I, I nobody would be happier than you know than me or anybody else if I don't care who has the answer. But you know if if they could find the answer, if the Russians could do it, that's great. But it doesn't seem like uh, that serious, and there are a number of American projects and a couple of British ones that seem to be very serious. Um, there's one Israeli one that's a little bit far behind. They say that they're going to start human testing in October, 
And so who knows? It would be awesome if uh, if it was an Israeli company that would come up with something like that. It would certainly move, you know, me and my neighbors up to a higher priority level on the line, right? Because that that's going to be the next thing. When there's a vaccine, you know, who gets it first is going to be a, you know, a big international story. And if you're, you know, in, uh, in Mali or in uh, Nigeria, you're going to wait years, I fear. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking about some of the places you even, even South Africa would be further down the list than I'd, I'd like to think we'd, you know, both of us would think. Well, which is why for us. And I think that for you too, it's a priority to help the scientists and do it, you know, and make the investments and, uh, and, and then have what, you know, have be part of the solution. And I, I, I was just reading this afternoon, uh, online. There's an Israeli company that's working on a, on a, a, a you know, a test. You know, there are a million different tests for Corona, right? For, for, for COVID. And some of them are better and some of them are more painful and some of them take time. They, they claim that this is like almost like it's like a, a drink. You take a sip of something, spit it out, and within like five seconds, you know the answer. And so that's in testing now. If that happens, that will change. That will allow people perhaps to fly again in a in a in an easier way. If we really can do instant testing, almost the way that pregnancy can have an instant test, right? That's you know a different part of the body, but. Uh, that idea that we can get an instant result rather than waiting 24 or 48 hours or longer. Uh, and if an Israeli company thinks that they could do that, that, that's, that was pretty cool news I, that, I, that I heard this afternoon. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's almost as big as having a vaccine. So you could we could get back to somewhat of uh, normal travel and uh, business and all these type of things would be remarkable because I, I just... I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I sit around, you know, we were laughing a little bit about how much, you know, less busy we are because of COVID. I don't think we were laughing, but I think we, I, well, I don't want to think we were crying either. So, but I sit around and think of all the businesses that it directly impacts, you know, we hear about restaurants failing and, and that, you know, there's airlines and hotels and all these related industries. And I'm thinking, if this doesn't end well, I mean, let alone soon, this, I mean, this planet could look a lot different than it does now. Um, well, yeah. It's going to take a while for everybody to pull out of this. And uh, I don't know, recently they talked in Israel about being, taking, you know, three or four years already, our economy is behind where we were. We were going back gangbusters. Um, at the beginning of the year, the Israeli economy was booming. Um, and, uh, you know, we had om- almost zero unemployment. And, uh, that's not the situation now, but, but that's not, you know, just us or you. That's everywhere. Just about. So the real reason I looked you up was the, um, announcement of the, uh, agreement with the United Arab Emirates. What does that mean? I mean, I'm I'm from the United States. Everything seems really stable here, obviously. But you're over there, and you know more about that region than I do. So talk me through this as an outsider. Okay. Well, what, what's really interesting is that for years and years and years, for, you know, from Israel's founding in 1948 until the late 70s, we had no relations with any neighbor whatsoever. And, uh, and uh, I was in middle school in 1977 when the late Anwar Sadat, the president of Egypt, surprised everyone by getting on an airplane and coming to Israel and starting peace talks. And it was shocking that our biggest enemy, Egypt, made peace with us in 1979. And amazingly, it's lasted, we're now well over 40 years. Um, And there was a thought then that maybe... It would have a domino effect and lots of countries would follow, and it didn't happen. And then in the 90s, um, there was a peace process with the Palestinians that went forward a little bit and then then faded away. But during that process, Israel made peace with our Jordanian neighbor, and that's lasted ever since. But beyond those two countries, while while Israel has peace, has, has diplomatic relations with a number of Muslim countries, no other Arab countries have ever 
had a an open um, diplomatic relations with Israel until this week, when the UAE <coughs> and Israel announced that they're going to work over the next couple of weeks to establish diplomatic relations and trade and all of the other things that go with it. And um, it's pretty exciting news. And in fact, this afternoon, uh, Sudan, the large uh, Muslim country in uh, eastern Africa, announced that they're going to follow the UAE. And there's lots and lots of talk about other countries, whether it's Bahrain or Oman or Morocco. There's a a trend going on. It's really interesting. And uh, I think lots of these countries have decided that they have more to gain for themselves by having relations with Israel than not. Yeah, as I sit here thinking, it comes from must be must be nice to hear that all these discussions are at least moving forward after kind of being at a stalemate for a number of years. Uh, yeah, well, well, one of the things that's interesting about Israel is while we're in the Middle East, right? We're well, we're, we're, on, on the one side again, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now is the Mediterranean to our west. But to our north is Lebanon and, and Syria. To our east is Jordan. And to our south is Egypt. And obviously, the Palestinians are, uh, are, 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 are in many ways among us uh, in, in, in a land that we share with them. Actually, hold on. Just, uh, hold on. just a second. Our connection just got really bad. Hold on just a second. Let's see. Let's try bringing him back here in a second. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. It's been a little rough, but that just got really bad. So let's... uh, Let's try that again. Hi. There you go. That's... It sounded like you ate all the sand at once. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh. So go ahead. So where was where did you where where did you where where did where where did I think you I were talking away? about your neighbors to the. I'll just go through the directions again. I'm not. A, I can't remember for sure because it just so startled me when it went bad. So okay. So 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 to, Israel is has the Mediterranean to our west, and Lebanon and Syria to our north, Jordan to our east, Egypt to our south, and the Palestinians are uh, in it are are together with us west of the Jordan River. And uh, the, although they're not independent, they're a neighbor as well. And so, we, so we have diplomatic relations with two of our neighbors, but none of the rest of the Arab world. And we were used to it. And so, Israel felt in many ways like an island. Like, for example, in sports, we play sports in Europe, uh, in the European leagues uh, for soccer, for basketball, or for whatever. Um, in we travel when we travel or do business. It's our, the first place is Europe for us to look, and not necessarily to our neighbors for a million reasons. But one of them is that they didn't want to. They decided that uh, until Israel and the Palestinians would make peace, they were not going to have open diplomatic relations with us. And what's interesting is a, the trend that's happening right now, this week. Is and there's been talk of this for years and years, but it's it's just happened now, and we can talk about why. But it it has happened just now. Is that the United Arab Emirates, which is a country that has very very close relations with the United States, also just like Israel, um, said, you know what, we have an interest in talking directly to the Israelis, just like we do with most countries in the world, and there are benefits for us for the people who live in Abu Dhabi and Dubai to be able to do business, to be able to travel, to be able to interact with Israel publicly. And if we disagree on this issue or that, like every other country, we could talk about it. It's a, it, it sounds simple and straightforward, but it hasn't happened in this neighborhood for over 70 years until this week. It's yeah. It sounds so simple and straightforward to have a relationship with people, well, especially your your neighbors. But I guess even like a microcosm of society today, we don't necessarily know who lives beside us. Well, except though that most countries have 
interactions with most countries. Um, but Israel, because of its unique history, um, didn't have relationship with with most of our neighbors for most of our our uh, existence. But and uh, had a number of wars, and we won them all. Um, and I think that some of those countries came to the conclusion we're not going to be able to beat them by war. Let's interact with them through peace. And uh, it's something that we Israeli diplomats have been speaking for for years and years and years and years. And uh, many times in my throughout my diplomatic career of 25 years in public service, I tried, uh, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, to interact with some uh, some diplomats from countries that didn't have a relationship with Israel. Some were more forthcoming and some were less. Um, but it's really, really interesting to see um, this, you know, you know, the, the Emirates from uh, from the, the Gulf, which is a, you know a, a significant distance from here, saying we've got core interests that match Israel, that we have things, whether it's trade. Like, for example, the country that Israel is most concerned about in war and peace is Iran. The same is true for the UAE. They have really, really tough security concerns, and they're much closer to Iran than we are. Um, and so they've come to the conclusion, as have other countries. Uh, Saudi Arabia is another one that may come along the way in the idea of not that we love each other, but we have a shared enemy in a way. And, uh, and that shared threat perception causes alliances and friendship and, uh, and common cause. It's funny. And, uh, it's say- interesting. I had Iran on my notes because I, I was wondering if there was, um, because it seems, well, with the current president that we've, um, issued forward with, um, North Korea, but I have not heard Iran as much in the, um, the news as I had as before. Has, uh, how's that looking? Well, I- Iran continues to be the only Right, there are 193 countries in the UN. Right, 193 countries in the world. It's the only one that calls for the destruction of another member of the UN. Right, think about that. Right, there, uh, here, uh, America and China don't get along, but nobody in America is saying that there shouldn't be China, or vice versa, or you don't have any. Or, or again, the whole saga with North Korea, but nobody's calling for the destruction of one side or the other. But Iran has that view on Israel, and it has a an, an expansionist, aggressive, threatening policy regarding lots of its neighbors, regarding the Gulf states, regarding Saudi Arabia, regarding uh, Azerbaijan to its north, regarding India, regarding a lot of countries. It's a uh, it's a uh, certainly. It's connected to uh, Hezbollah in Syria in and in in, in in Lebanon, and uh, it's a threat to our region. And so, there's a growing alliance of countries who see Iran as a threat and are coming together. And interestingly, Israel, the Gulf states, and Saudi Arabia are uh, see eye to eye on these sort of things. So as a whole, besides Iran, do you think the, the whole Middle East is more settled today than it was when you started 20-some years ago? No, no, I, I would not say that. Middle East is, is broken, <laughs> right? Iraq is broken. You guys did that. Yeah. In a certain way, right? Well, we, we did for uh, sure. We, start, we, we lit the fire without a clue how to put it out. Well, and, 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 and eventually just left, but Iran, Iraq is a mess. Uh, Syria has had a civil war um, and, and massive, massive killing by its leader, Bashar al-Assad, who's killed well over a half a million of his own people over the last decade. Lebanon, right, we saw the tragedy that happened there just last week with the, the awful, awful explosion that happened in uh, Beirut. 
but is in a, its economy is in tatters. Uh, there's conflict in 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 Libya um, that continues today. Uh, it's, it's 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 just a mess. Um, and Egypt is bankrupt. Um, the Palestinians uh, have uh, endless issues and problems. Of, some of them are, are their own making. Some of them are prob- Israel has some responsibility for it too. But the one country that's, or uh, the, the, there's a few examples of countries that look like Europe or the United States are, uh, and our success stories. And two of them are Israel and the Emirates. And it's interesting that uh, those countries uh, are talking more and more. And in fact, uh, you know, uh, people are planning on coming to visit. There's no reason why citizens of uh, the UAE won't want to come to visit the holy places in Jerusalem. Right? It's, um, Jerusalem is, uh, the whole, is, is, is holy for Jews and for Christians and for Muslims. And... Uh, there's no reason why Israeli businessmen and tourists w- want to go to Dubai and to see all of the the flash and uh, know, almost Las Vegas kind of uh, lifestyle that exists there. And so, uh, peace and coexistence is uh, is a good thing. And so, uh, it was great that 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 the United States played an important role of bringing two countries like Israel and uh, the UAE together. And uh, I think that the American government deserves lots of, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't had a lot of successes in foreign affairs in recent years, but uh, this one looks like a good one. Yeah. So speaking of the United States, I've got to, I've got to ask. I mean, we've got an election here in a couple months. How is that being viewed over there? Because I think it's a nasty mess here. I, I, um, sure. Well, we're, 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 we're following it closely. One of the good things about Israel, one of the things we're lucky about, is for the most part, um, despite the efforts of certain people, Israel is bipartisan, a bipartisan issue in the, in the United States. That we are not aligned, per se, although some people are, but, but, but for the most part we're not, to the Democrats or the Republicans. And if... Uh, you read the, uh, you know, or you, the Democrats just started their uh, convention the other night, and uh, and and the policy of the Democratic Party regarding Israel is not dramatically different than the policy of the Republican Party vis-a-vis Israel, and uh, and that alliance has stood the test of time for for you know since the the fifties or since nineteen forty eight when President Truman recognized. The state of Israel eight minutes or so after we declared independence, and through democratic governments and republican governments, the relationship and shared values between Israel and the United States has stayed strong. And uh, and for us, it's vital that that happens. Whoever wins in November. Yeah, it seems they're a lot closer on your policy than they are on any of ours, <laughs> which scares me. Well. <laughs> well, I wonder if this is just a moment in history. I hope that that, that you know whether whether it's it's social media or these the, the, this this tension of our time um, is, is is emphasizing our differences. But I think that 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 uh, I mean I, I we feel lots of that in Israel too um, that of tensions and uh, you know and teams. But uh, but I think that, uh, that, that that if we would dig deeper and we would, if we would have leaders who look for our commonalities rather than our differences, and I'm not speaking about you know one country or the other. I'm speaking actually about both Israel and the United States, hoping for a leadership that that, that says I represent all of our people and uh, and something like COVID, we're in this together. It's that COVID doesn't care who you voted for in the primaries or who you're going to vote for in November. Uh, if you're, if you go hang out in a crowded bar, then uh, guess what? COVID's going to come after you. It doesn't care your politics. Yeah, it is an interesting phenomenon to watch the um, dynamics play. 
on social media what, what? is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, because everybody yeah. gets so loud. I'm sure you see it because you're on there. I don't know how many of the, those people were loud 50 years ago. Well, 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 you're right. Well, everybody didn't have an outlet um, to have a podcast or uh, or to have you know tens of thousands of followers on social media. You know, and if if you know a random person living in Netanya or in Pennsylvania had a point of view, well, you know, you can you know bug your neighbor, <laughs> but 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 you couldn't automatically chat across the globe. You know, or or, or here that you know that, that we're talking the way we are for free, right? Yeah. Um, with a perfect connection, um, it's pretty cool. Um, but it brings uh, you know a dangerous side too, that uh, you know people could come and find you from wherever, and uh, you know and yell and scream and uh, and be nasty. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 twenty twenty for for better or for worse. Yeah, as I said, 2020 is like the microcosm. I, I hope I hope you're right. I just hope it's a moment of time and we get back to some level of sanity. I'm not sure we'll ever get back to where we were, but I guess the toothpaste well, what, is out well, of the tube. Well, what, and, 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 I mean, and I wonder, and, 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 I, and I'm asking this about us as much as I would ask this about you, when would you say, pick a time that everybody got along? That, it, that, that, that America or Israel or, or almost anywhere else worked for everybody. Oh, it never has. That's the, the great thing. I mean... Well, that, well, that's one of the things I think that we're learning now with, uh, with, with this current round of protests in the United States and in other places, too. That this false nostalgia for... The 60s or the 50s or the 70s or whatever it was. Well, if you were, you know, a white male, <laughs> then, you know, then then the world was, you know, was great for you. But if you were anybody else, uh, it was a lot more complicated. And I think that more of us are realizing that it was more complicated. And uh, and and I think that that, 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 you know, and, and having that in the middle of a pandemic come out as, as openly as it is, is, uh, is what makes, you know, this moment is as stressful as it is. And, you know, and with you guys having an election, I don't know, two months away, three months away, whatever it is, come, coming up pretty soon. Yeah, not soon enough so I can stop seeing the commercials, but, you know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you understand that. Well, 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 sure, well, you're in Pennsylvania, right? You're, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you, you in, in some ways, you guys are the most important place in America. And I wish I could open. I wish I could open social media without seeing a campaign ad. I just, just so <laughs> I can't wait to get back to uh, useless car insurance ads. Oh, excuse but, me, but, but, they're not useless. But, they're great products and ever, very valuable. In case somebody out there wants. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, but 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 I think it's so interesting here. Um, I, I, I've got family who live in Florida, and I'm guessing it's exactly the same for them, because those two, you know, you know, those two states, Florida and, and Pennsylvania, are totally in play, right? And uh, and basically, if you don't win those, you know, if you lose those two states, whichever side it is, you're whether it's whether it's President Trump or our Vice President Biden. You're going to lose the election if you if you lose both, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's. I mean, there's obviously a possibility, but right as the what is it demographics sit now, you need at least one of them, if not both of them. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's so and, and 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 everybody knows it, and so I guess you know so you know so that's your system, and it, it, you know it's a it's a complicated system that I think that nobody really understands or outside of the United States, but we watch it with you no know, with. Interest, you know, in here, you know, our our system is a mess too. But it's one person have one vote with one, and you know, you add them all up together, and all of the citizens of Israel, and you, and whoever gets the most wins. It's not, you know, split into different voting sections and areas, and and uh, electors and uh, electoral college, and you know, it's 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 very straightforward in a way. Uh, but on the other hand. Uh, We've never once had a one party 
that's had an absolute majority. Every single time, it's been a coalition over the last 70 years. A mix of big parties and little parties and different groups and interests. And I don't know, within our parliament right now, I think we have nine different political parties, not just, you know, you guys are somehow make it by with, with two. Yeah, I, I wish we had more. More. I, I, I We do have more, but there's the two that, that win, I guess is the nice way to put it, right? I mean, there are other people out there, the Green Party, some people are claim I'm an independent, but I don't know what that gets me besides, you know, a little freedom of choice when it comes to making character decisions based on people, you know. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it's not like there's a great wave of independent candidates out there to vote for, so... Right. So now, now that you're uh, got your feet up on the beach and uh, semi slowed down, wh- what are you doing to fill the days? Besides reading, keeping up on all the news, do you have you picked up any new hobbies or anything? Um. Well, I, I, well, I, I have more time to go to the beach, and so that's that's a good hobby. But uh, but what I what I've done is I've opened a company, a, a consultancy that I work with Israeli companies, helping them um, work internationally. That the kind of stuff that that I did as a diplomat over the years in helping Israeli promote Israeli export and uh, and trade, uh, I'm now doing in uh, you know in, in private business, and uh, you know and it's not surprising and it totally makes sense that uh, most of my business is in Azerbaijan and in South Africa, two countries that I was ambassador in, and so I have connections and friends and understand the systems in those countries. Um, and, uh, and it's pretty interesting The the problem of course is the business model is to, is to find an opportunity and take Israeli business people to South Africa or Azerbaijan and introduce them to people there. But, uh, obviously since March, uh, nobody's traveling and, uh, and I can't do it. But, uh, me like everybody else in the world is, uh, you know, waiting this out and uh, and doing lots of Zoom calls and conversations and hoping and planning for uh, hopefully a time pretty soon that uh, I can get back to uh, Johannesburg and to Buckle. I was thinking the other day, and now this is right upon your your doorstep because you're going to have to answer this question. The world is smaller that we've already referenced this. The world is smaller than it ever has been. And it seems in theory, right, because we're talking internationally, but to do international business. But it has, at the same token, we, we mentioned doing podcasts. There's a million podcasts now. So, well, the door is open to everybody. The door is open to everybody. So the human relationship seems to me to have as much value today as it ever has. Now, tell me I'm wrong. No, I think I think it's true. Um I'm going to disagree with leaders of both your country and mine. Both Mr. Trump and Mr. Netanyahu don't really believe in in, 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 in professional diplomacy, in professional relationship building. They think, uh, here, give an example with President Trump, and I'll I'll give an example of both so that I sound uh, politically correct. President Trump said, if I... If I get in a room with the leader of North Korea, I can make a deal with him because I know how to make a deal. Well, it turned out to be harder than he thought. The same thing for Mr. Netanyahu. He thought that all he had to do was to present certain ideas and go talk to, you know, in the, or, or, or here's just give you an example with the UK. All I could, I could pick up the phone and call Boris. You know, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK. And uh, any problem that we have to be solved. I, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that uh, it's more complicated than just uh, personal relationships, although personal relationships are important. I think that there are interests and there are needs and, uh, and, and cultures that you need to understand and develop relationships over time by being on the ground. And I think professional diplomats, by living in countries, and having building up relationships and understandings of intercultural uh, cues and tips and ideas um, help the ability to bridge the cultural gaps. 
Um, and uh, I'm a I'm a big uh, it's no surprise that I'm a big believer in professional diplomacy. <laughs> and, uh, and and and, and uh, I mean that boy, boy that's uh, self serving. But I but I but I truly believe it to be true that how can you understand the United States without spending a significant amount of time there? You can't just understand it by watching a couple of Hollywood movies. Yeah, because some of them will give you the total wrong idea. <laughs> well, that's it. But it, but 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 if you spent five years living in Pittsburgh, you'll get to the point that you'll have an understanding of that area's priorities and threats and needs and concerns. And uh, if you were in Pittsburgh over the last year and lived through what happened, uh, the, the awful tragedy, the horrific shooting that took place in the synagogue there, and you get your finger on the pulse of the way that Pittsburgh as a community responded with the 99.9% you know, of the people responding beautifully as neighbors and saying, this isn't who we are. Unless you, you live through that and you just watch America from a distance, you think, you know, there are shootings going on all the time. That's all Americans are doing. But I, but Pittsburgh, I think, showed to me that that's not what the vast majority of people are in the United States or in that specific part of the United States. And that nuance you only get from spending time in a place like this. I agree. And, um, well, I, I've ran out of questions. I'm sure I could figure out more, but I don't want to take you away from your, um, your beautiful afternoon or e almost evening there. It's almost, the sun's got to almost be setting over there, huh? Yeah, it's at, it's eight thirty here, but, but it's good. I got I got a place. I'm, I'm uh, I got the news on silence, which is the exact right way for the news to be. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll fill a little time out here, and I'll let you get back to whatever you're doing. And I appreciate you immensely. And um, if there's anything that ever pops up that you want to talk about, want to get out in the well, quote unquote, world stage, let me know. Well, thanks, Jim. It's it's, it's great to talk to you a second time, and uh, and anytime. It's it's great to talk to you, and uh, I wish you. You know, uh, 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 you know, good health and uh, and being careful, and your family all being well, uh, and uh, we all get out of this uh, pandemic as quickly as possible, and uh, life for Americans and Israelis and everybody else to get back to normal. Sounds good. I wish you all the best too, and I'm happy to hear you're retired and doing well. Well, thanks, Jim. Cheers. Have a good day. You too. That's uh, and former ambassador arthur lank i heard about the audio but man he was just on point and i didn't want to keep disconnecting and reconnecting i i, I think it wasn't it it's pretty good maybe it was worse for me because i keep my audio levels really high um but i just want to take a few minutes and reflect here um Seems we're at a pivotal point, as we were mentioning. We're headed down the barrel of the election. We're in between the Republican convention and the Democratic convention. And I think it's time that we kind of take a moment and um, remember what's going on around the world, especially since there was a great peace deal made, to honor that and pause and reflect on what is going on. I mean, we so often... I know I'm guilty as a sin of this. Get lost in the reality of today. Right? Um, the headlines, the COVID stories, the, the number of cases, the number of deaths. We all get lost in those moments. Right? Especially as, like I said, the kids are starting to return to school and how does that all shape? And then we're losing college football, but we're fighting for football in Pennsylvania and professional I mean there's so many different nuanced details that come across our feeds every day but we get so lost in the moments so lost in ourselves that we don't take time and pause to reflect on what's going on around us so that is the goal of this show today to take a moment take a little time um pause, reflect, realize the world is a bigger place and the world struggle has its own struggles. We have our struggles. Remember our neighbors have their struggles, right? I, I got to implore us to take a moment. I know I sat down Friday night 
actually when I had booked uh, Arthur to come on the show. I've been going through my Twitter feed, follower by follower, right? The big Twitter feed, at Mallard Report, the one with uh, 80,000 plus followers, which is dropping every day, which concerns me. But that's another conversation for another point. But I've been going through the people that I've been following, the roughly 20,000. I've unfollowed a bunch in the last few weeks. But I've went through, follower by follower, and said, you know, I know that person right there. Arthur Lank, he was a guest on the show. Oh wait, we had a piece. We had a peace agreement just the other day. I need to talk to him. Send him a message. And then I went and seen some former listeners to the program that used to hang out in the duck pond. I haven't seen them in a long time. And I said, I need to reach out to them, make sure they're doing all right. Has nothing to do with this program, right? But I, I've seen them. They were part of the growth of the show, so I must reach out and say hello because we all get busy. We all get lost. And at the end of the day, like Mr. Lank was telling us, the personal relationships, the connections that we make, the deals that happen or don't happen, make us. Right? So what I'm imploring you to do is slow down. Not necessarily worry about the numbers or the headlines or the election, but worry about the people. Now, I'm going to come across preachy in the next little bit, because I have already have, I'm sure. And I'm sure some of you have already tuned out and just don't care. So for those who are left, those who see this, those who understand the big picture, those who understand how this show operates, how do we, we, go forward and make this better? That is the question. Now, having said all that, so we're going to take time First thing we're going to do is we're going to take time for each other. Now, having recorded this show in the middle of the afternoon, I'll be able to listen, be listening with you tonight when the show's live at 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday nights. TheMowardReport.com, the home of the new live uh, single best thing I've done page, right? But we're going to connect. Now, that's the first place we connect, right? On the duck pond. You get to interact with other listeners. You get to interact with me. That is the most special place we have. Right? Any any way else you kind of get a delay in your feedback. If you're commenting on social media, commenting on the video post, commenting here, commenting there, emailing me, everything has a delay. But Tuesday nights, nine PM Eastern, on the duck pond there, everything happens live and interactive with not only me, but other listeners to this program. It's phenomenal. I'm telling you. I've uh the, through the years, there have been a number of great friendships developed, not only for me, but for other listeners, uh, some business partnerships that have come out of there, some uh, interviews on other, other shows have come from there. I can't express what that network of people, it's not a static network of people. People come, like I, I said, and people go, and it's, but it's always... Engaging, so that's the pl- that's the number one. Number two, maybe tonight's show wasn't your cup of tea, but you're still here because you value the content I produce. That's great. So what you need to do is find a show that you really liked. If it was Brad Melzer, or I know right now the show that's been flying the last four weeks is the interview I did with uh, Bob Levine of Levine Family Racing, who recently announced he's selling his team, has been just flying because people have wanted to hear his story of how he got there. And there's interviews with any number of people. Jesse Ventura has been popular. Roger Stone is always popular. There's other people like Jude Mora, who wrote the had a, wrote a book about being a, a man of autism may not be as popular, but those people who are going and seeking it and sharing it are sharing the power of the moment. Right? And I appreciate everybody that shares each and every one of these shows. But the direct share, the personalized share, does more for this show than I can do. I don't know if you realize your power on the end of this. The other end of this. 
Well, I have the great power of the microphone and the responsibility to bring you solid content. I don't realize you... I don't know if you realize your responsibility. Or... No, I don't want to say responsibility. Your potential benefit to the greater good of the show. Now, obviously, I could just go out and create a, a Patreon account or a private membership or a f- whatever. There's any number of these membership things, and I could just say, "Hey, if you don't, want, if you feel the benefit, if you just want to directly pay for it, you can do that." Which is great, right? Because I could pay the server bills, I could pay all these things and keep the show going. Which would be great, because, well, this all costs money. But, I'm not sitting here saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit here and tell you what I need you to do. Is keep the energy going. COVID has killed a lot of businesses, right? And made financial ruins for a lot of people. But yet, the number of people out there sitting there saying, oh, we need money to keep this going is astronomical right now. And I'm not sitting here telling you that. I'm sitting here telling you I need you to push the content. Push what I believe in. What I've built for you. Now I want you to go out and take it. Take it to your friends. Take it to your coworkers. Take it to people who haven't heard it. Now, I know every week isn't for everybody. And that frustrates so many people. But there are so many people that enjoy the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights. Because it's original. Natural. Dare I even say organic. Because it's it's my journey for your life that I'm on. The last month, you've noticed some live calls, a special show uh, about racism... Tonight's show with Arthur Lank. I haven't been booking out nearly as far. I haven't been scripting the script. I've been letting the universe guide the show. For good, bad, or indifferent, it's been doing that. And I've really felt a a month ago that I was making a mistake by doing that. Now I don't feel that way. I'm back to feeling empowered to let the universe take the show where it needs to take it. I mean, you look at John Carmen last week, right on point. Ambassador Lank, right on point. Um, Mark Anthony and uh, Anthony Perfea, right on point. Right where the show needed to be at that moment. The show is as much about being in today's moment as documenting them for the future, for five, ten years from now. But Jim, how do you know? So many podcasts come and go. How can you be sure that you're going to be here in five or ten years. Well, there's obviously no guarantee, right? But I know, having done the show for over nine years now, that um, I consistently show up and consistently put forth, I don't want to say the best show I can, but the best show that I can that week. Things change. um, Personally and on air. All the time. But I know... When I leave the studio, I always believe that I've given you the best that I could that week. may not be what I wanted to give you, but it was the best that I could that week. So we're going to get out there and share. We're going to make human connections. The friends, you know, we always say we we need to get together more. We need to do this. We need to do that. I'm as bad as, as anybody, but I've been trying making a concerted effort to reach out and connect to people in a more genuine way. Not just saying hello. But honestly checking in on people. Because at the end of the day, people are what make life good. Is that fair? Can you all follow that? I hope hope, I'm not losing everybody at this point. I'm just trying to get off my mind what's been on my mind and weighing on me for a while now. And I think this was the opportunity that I needed to get it out. Just get it out in the open. That while a lot's going on around us, we need to be the eye of the storm for those around us and be a calming force 
and not only be a calming force, but share with them ideas, concepts, even this show. Help them. How many of your friends sit out there and say, I can't find anything to do? can't find anything worth watching or listening to and you just kind of let that status go by or how many times do you see somebody asking for podcast recommendations or my goodness I listened to a podcast the other day and they, they sat there the show was 25 minutes long and I swear the actual content of the show was just 5 minutes I felt my time had been abused. Normally I run the guests for the full hour, but today I just needed to take the time, slow down, and for once say, I need you to share the show. I need you to share the show. I don't, I, and the other thing they were banging hard on is subscribing. I don't care if you subscribe or not. I don't care if you leave a review or not. I mean, I know there's been a bunch of people that have for the years, and I appreciate each and every one of them because I use them on uh, Twitter and other social media, well, just mainly Twitter right now, to promote the show, right? I get it. Good, kind words I always appreciate. If you hate the show, I appreciate that too. Because there are, are times, no matter how good the show, the best show I could put out for you is, it is very hateable. Right, but I'm not sitting here gonna say give me five stars because I I have earned it. You know what 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 you what you think and what you feel, and more importantly, you've taken the time to listen. That is more important than five stars to me. That is more important than you typing a paragraph into an iTunes review. Well, those have weights on iTunes and other places the actual time that you put in while you're driving, while you're out working out, while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, that is more valuable. But the larger point is we need to make sure we're good to each other. And I want you out there to hold me accountable to being good to people. And if you've listened to this show and I have, we've talked before and I haven't talked to you in a while, hold me accountable right now and send me a message and say, hey, I love the show, I love you, but you forgot about me. I know there there are hundreds of people that listen to this show, and I've probably connected to dozens of them, right? And, yeah, people fall through the cracks. Friend, I've lost friends. I just lost them because I have not paid attention to them. But at the end of the day, we've got to make it work. So... Hold me accountable to this. But please also take the time and share. Share share something you're passionate about. If there's another show that out there that you listen to more and you enjoy more, share it too. Because what people don't understand is, like, I posted the other day on my personal Facebook about being the number one podcast in, where was it? Cyprus the number one news commentary podcast in Cyprus. Very cool, very grateful, very humbling, because that is the first time I've ever seen the show attached to a number one ranking anywhere in the world. Right? And it's category, news commentary, which is a tough category, because, let me tell you why it's a tough category. has the Mark Levine show, the Glenn Beck show, the Blaze Network, which, you know, is Glenn's network, but he has a dozen podcasts that goes with it. Westwood One, Mark Levine, right? You see where I'm at? Do you see what I'm telling you? I'm sitting at home, right? In a small studio with a handcrafted wooden sign beside me that I've la- I labored to build myself out of love for this show. In a studio that cost a couple hundred dollars to build. Trying to compete with those million dollar companies. Not, and not only competing with them, but for fleeting moments in time, beating them. Now, 
as a listener to this show, you understand what I've done for you that. The process, the work. And I'm just saying, let's share. Let's share it. Let's share the experience of people that are interested. That's all I want. I don't want your four ninety nine a month. If you want to buy a t-shirt, buy a t-shirt. Duckpond.shop. I mean, duckpondshop.com. Cheese of Pete's. Can't even get that right. You buy you buy enough t-shirts, we'll keep the show in there. No, I'm not going to say that either. But it's true. I mean, right? At the end of the day. Um, it always blows my mind, right? Cyprus, right? That's the latest place that's been... Uh, the, um, Saudi Arabia, it peaked over there. Um, currently, well, it was in the top 50 in, in the... Well, it's not, I don't think, right now, but... In Ireland's all-time, all-time... Say that again, all-time news commentary list for iTunes. That's pretty strong. When you figure what you're against and you realize that a one-hour podcast can compete with the daily Glenn Beck program. It's pretty strong. And I'm grateful for everybody, but we need to keep it going, right? We just need to build some great momentum and do great things in the next 10 years. I mean, we've done great work in this last 10, but the next 10, much more important. And for those of you who are sharp listeners to the program, know I have a birthday coming up. The 27th. I just... It's a weird birthday for me, to be honest. The number. And I'm not going to get into why. It's not a milestone birthday. It's just a weird number for me, personally. So. Here's that update. Um... I don't know what else what else you want to know, but I just I just really truly want to thank you all for sharing and doing what you've done to this point. But we need to get back to the personal relationships and the personal building of it all. That's where this is all going to take off and be driven to unbelievable heights. And I just need I just I mean, there's other things I need. I need to get the intro music done. I need to get the liners done. I need um, a lot of things, but. Right now, I just need some momentum. I need you to share. That's what we need. That's where we're at in the world. Taking care of each other, I hope. One show at a time. So, we'll give you the hard sell here. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. If that's, I mean, that way you don't lose me, I guess. For whatever that's worth. Um, I've seen YouTube might be ending notification emails, so I don't know. Whatever. Um, that's the other thing, right? That's why I'd rather you come over and subscribe to my newsletter. At least then I have some control of how often it goes out. Um, social media is great when it works. Of course, one out of ten posts gets seen, it seems like. so. It's just the, uh, the big companies are fighting us. And I need you to help me fight back. And I'm not saying that from a censorship point of view or anything else. I'm just saying that from a very real and honest place today. All right, my friends. It's been fun um, getting some things off my chest. I hope you uh, come back next week, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, live for the next Mauer Report. If not, come back the following week. <laughs> I'll probably be here, trucking away at it, one week at a time, just as it has been for the almost, oh, it's been over nine years now, one week at a time. So... Just wanted to say that, and I hope you all stay healthy and stay well, and uh, enjoy the ride and connect with each other, because that's where it all is. Science! 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 science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes! Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you?
Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes... Yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.